This is the Horse Radio Network. Ever wonder why breeches never fit the same? This week, we're talking to an equestrian fashion designer and body positivity advocate on why horses are great for everybody, no matter your waist size. And would you ever list your farm on Airbnb? Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to Happy, to Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Ellie Wozniaka. Welcome to episode 76 of Heels Down Happy Hour. How's it going, everybody? How's it going? It's going. It's going. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we can expect from 2020. Right. Exactly. Just, Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. We got another couple busy weeks in front of us, but all well. So this episode is brought to you by Eco Gold. Uh, a few weeks ago, we reviewed the new Eco Gold Flip Half Pad Mat. It's a new vegan pad by Eco Gold, but it comes with all of the same features that we love about the Flip Half Pad. What's super cool about it is this new classic look with a matte finish. So it doesn't have that traditional glossy finish that you're used to from the Flip Half Pad. It has this really just beautiful matte color, and they come in a really uh, superb color line. I have the Havana one, and it just matches so perfectly with my dark brown, more mocha-colored saddle. And I get compliments on this pad everywhere I go. Plus, it's reversible, so you're really getting two pads for the price of one. If you want to check out the new matte pad, you can do that by going to equalgold.ca. So, guys, I have a very Ellie drink tonight. Let's hear about it. So, it's a variation on sex on the beach. It's sex in the driveway. This does uh, sound like an Ellie drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's an Ellie drink. Well, when I read you the ingredients, then you'll understand. So, it's one ounce of peach schnapps, one ounce blue curacao, two ounces vodka or white rum, and then Sprite. And it's basically replaces the cranberry juice in a um, sex on the beach with blue curacao so that you get your drink that's bluer and more orangey in flavor. Mm, I'm, this sounds great, actually, but... And it sounds a lot better than what is it? Your like alfalfa mush drink that's oh. like, <laughs> like garbage green in color. <laughs> what did Matt call it? Septic tank water or something? <laughs> yeah, well, this is an improvement. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> but if I make it, it's probably still going to look green mush for some reason. I'm not a good measurer of anything liquid. So uh, you're so funny. all right jess what do you have for news this week i've got a great little like article i found and it's kind of like some heartwarming news bob clements is 86 years old and he just earned his u.s dressage bronze medal and he kind of like long story short got into the horses once his kids kind of left for college he decided he needed to do stuff so he was originally like a dentist and then he decided after the kids left he was going to be a vet tech and then they had cows and everything and basically after he retired he 
did things like becoming the vet tech. And then he decided that he needed to get into horses. So then he worked with his trainer in Virginia and they started showing. And at one point he and his horse, like his first little like horse that he competed, his ages totaled more than a hundred years and it made them eligible to become members of the dressage foundation century club. And that's where he just like started showing and he did his first level and long story short, decided he needed bigger horses, got more horses, got another horse after he did it. And now he got his bronze medal. That is so cool. I love that story. It was fun. So he went through a series of different horses, but ended up getting his bronze medal and, you know, it means you're never, you know, too old to accomplish anything. So always be able to do whatever your dreams are able to. Oh, what about you, Ellie? Super cute. Super so, cute. I have news about Airbnbs. So I don't know if you guys have ever thought about it. I hadn't until I'd seen this article, but like having an Airbnb at your farm the article talks about a few different riders and professionals that have like various kind of interactive Airbnb experiences where like the horses will come up and greet them and they have chickens, Justine and <laughs> pigs <laughs> and all these various things. And I was, I got to thinking about if I did this in Gillette, which wouldn't happen because I don't think anybody would want to come to Gillette, <laughs> but I'm like, I was, they talked about having cabins like, or so they're like not in the main house and my house is really long. And I was like, Oh, well I could keep them on one side of the house. And then I realized that the cats would probably terrorize everyone, but maybe that could be an interactive Airbnb experience. Maybe they want the cats, cat trolls. Maybe they'll take the cats. So yeah, we we love Airbnb and we stay in Airbnbs all the time. And I found this really, really cute Airbnb five, like less than five minutes from our farm in North Carolina. So we actually just got back from there and it's this cute farm, same thing. It doesn't have a lot of like livestock and like animals and stuff. They have a little bit, but not interactive ones, but they said they've gotten so much interest they're building an additional kind of little like studio apartment and it's great for us because we just go and like check on the farm we're it's two miles from our driveway so it's like great we go like pop in it's a studio apartment and they have all these different ones and so we kind of checked it out for when owners friends family come to stay like could they stay there and it's it's lovely so yeah it's kind of the same thing it's on a farm and it's you wouldn't think you'd have that much interest because I was actually surprised they had that much. So you never know, Ellie. Maybe there's a ton of interest up there. People want to come. Yeah, yeah there's, but if you met the people that live around my area. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've seen quite a few, like, out in the boonies, too, like, buy horse shows. Um, when, yeah, you know, people when are, like, options... wanting to get away. Yeah, when your options are like, you know, just a motel on the side of the highway, because uh, you're out in the middle of nowhere for a horse show, we've stayed at quite a few, actually. And there's one that we try to stay at every time I go to this specific horse show. It's so cute. It's right on, like, it's a paint breeding farm. And they have, a, like, a giant, beautiful farm. And they probably have 30, at least 30 horses on the property. And then they have this little cottage, like, on the edge of the property. And it's adorable. It's just, it's the nicest little place to stay. And they let people come and bring their horses too. Like if you were, they're like right off a big preserve to go trail riding. 
So you could come and like ship in and leave your horse in the barn and you know, rent the cottage and like go trail ride on their property, which is pretty cool. So oh, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, I don't know if you you know if you have people who come to your area, Ellie, for for that because your the photos you've been posting of your trail rides lately are just beautiful. Yeah, but technically that's not my property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at, at least at least most of the wood area. I mean, it's nice when everybody around you owns like over a hundred acres because nobody really goes out on the corner of their hundred acres. So if you cross over here and there, it's okay. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. All right. So what so about I, you, Justine? I have a, a, a nice heartwarming story too. I am going to butcher Juan's name. So I'm going to apologize now, but Juan Mate, and I think you pronounce his last name. Yemen. He's Spanish. He's 22 years old. He's a dressage rider. We've talked to him many times at Heels Down. Uh, he's been quoted in many articles. He's just he's just a delight to talk to talk to. He's and he's just an outstanding young dressage rider. Well, only five months ago, he underwent a life saving operation when, where they had to repair a genetic brain disorder. And he is competing this week, the Spanish Championships in Madrid. And this is the first time he's back competing on the back of a horse after this, after having brain surgery, which is just really wow. amazing. I know. He is so inspirational. If you don't follow him on Instagram, you really should. And so he's so cute. In this interview with uh, dressagenews.com, he's talking about how he's, he's slightly nervous, but he's really excited to be back in the saddle and can't wait to get back into the competition ring. So he's riding a horse, uh, Quantico, that he's, you know, ridden before. And, and yeah, I mean, he had brain surgery. It's kind of crazy. Wow. I know he, but I think he was having, like, he collapsed and they, you know, then his family realized that he was having some, some problems. And luckily he had great care and has made nearly a full recovery already in that he's back in the saddle. So that's amazing. It really is. So we definitely wish him well, and I can't wait to see video of him back in the show ring. Shout out to everyone who has donated to our Patreon. We really appreciate everybody who's continued to support us and continue to support the show. We love bringing you stories that are heartwarming during this crazy year. If you are interested in donating or contributing to our podcast, check out patreon.com slash heels down. That's P-A-T. So guys, I wanted to talk to you about a new equestrian subscription box I just checked out. I'm not sure if you saw on the Heels Down Mag Instagram account, but I unboxed it for the first time just not too long ago. It's Groom Tote is the name of the company, and they put out quarterly subscription boxes. So I got to check out the fall box, which was when it arrived, I was just blown away one by how much stuff is in it. And what makes the Groom Tote really stand out to me, at least, is the boxes are completely customizable. So it's not just like you get a set list and everybody gets the same stuff in their box. You get to pick what you want. So there's a, you know, a list of goodies of everything that can come in your box. And you can pick the items that, you know, you are most interested in, which I think is just super cool. The other thing that I was really into about the Groom Groom Tote Fall Box was everything is a full-size product. You know, sometimes with subscription boxes, they try to give you as much stuff as they can in a box. And so a lot of it is sample sizes or, you know, not full-size products for that reason, just for space. But Groom Tote, it's, I mean, 
the, everything is a full size. Like I got two different types of supplements in the fall box and they came in full size bags and full size jugs. I mean, it was, it's That's kind amazing. of unbelievable. Yeah. So the bang for your buck is just, is, is pretty great. So I know Groomtote is now curating their f- winter box. So probably their last box of the year. And you can sign up and get your box now if you go to groomtote.com. That's G-R-O-O-M-T-O-T-E. And it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I mean, it's just a really wonderful box. I, I know we've talked, I know there are a lot out there, you know, in the market when it comes to like finding cool subscription services. Uh, you know, I feel like that's a really trendy thing right now. But I, I was just super impressed by by Groom Tote. You got I got tons of horse products from like halter and polo wraps to fly sprays and different other grooming products. But also it came with stuff for me too. Like I got a scrunchie and a gator mask to wear. I also got uh, soap and um, jewelry from a local jewelry maker. Uh, so like I got a bath bomb too and lip balm from local companies. And oh, wow. You could just tell it that you know, the owners take a lot of care in curating products that they've like tested and tried themselves. So they know, you know what I mean? Like they, you could just tell these are handpicked products that uh, from companies they care about. I was super impressed and uh, really a bang for your buck. Like one box, if you wanted to get a quarterly membership, your first box is $99. So for $99, you get all this stuff. And then you can also buy an annual membership, which will probably get you all the boxes through the year. And that's for $396. And you can actually save a little bit with a coupon from us. You can save 10% by using the coupon code HEELSDOWN, all one word in lowercase when you order your first box. They also do a, a something, this is really cute. It's called a unicorn box and it's for, for little riders, for kids. It's so cute. It is really, really cute. So so if you have a daughter or a friend with kids, you know, like it's a great little surprise for, for kids who love horses too. Coming and you up can, on the holidays too. Exactly, right? This is a perfect time to try it out. So if you want to check out Groom Tote for yourself, again, the website is groomtote.com. All right, everybody. I'm really excited to introduce our guest tonight, Leah Wellard. You may know her from her Instagram account, Big Booty Breaches. She started her account a year ago where she explores the complicated relationship between equestrians have with their bodies. Right now, she splits her time between being an equine nutritionist and promoting body acceptance in our sport. So hi, Leah. Welcome. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. So Leah, I'm a big fan of your account. I think you're doing something really special that you don't really see a ton in our sport. So my first question for you is what made you want to be outspoken about body image and body positivity as it relates to our sport? So I started this account because I felt like there was a serious lack of body love in our sport. You know, I really personally struggled a lot with my own body image, especially as it pertains to riding. Until about a year and a half ago, when I started stumbling across accounts on Instagram, like the Birds of Paya and Shanae Alexander, where they really promote self-love and self-acceptance. And it was just this really revolutionary moment for me. And it kind of snowballed from there. And I started this account as I was learning to accept my own body. And I learned that confidence, that the confidence I desperately wish I had didn't come from just fitting into smaller clothes. But with accepting the body I already had. And I really wanted to recreate that feeling for my fellow equestrians. 
do you feel like there are safe outlets for equestrians who maybe don't fit the mold that we see in, you know, the catalogs and stuff like that? I mean, you definitely seem to foster that on Instagram, but where can, where do you think people who feel like they don't fit the mold can find some sense of community and support? Yeah, you know, like if we're just looking at the surface, there doesn't really seem to be many safe outlets for equestrians who you know, don't fit that mold. But I knew there had to be more writers like me that didn't fit that mold. And, you know, when we're looking at equestrian clothing brands in particular, it's slim pickings for writers with big, bigger bodies. This really creates this idea of exclusivity, in my opinion. And, you know, this is truly a sport where your equipment matters. We need breeches and tall boots to ride. So it's, I find it really unfortunate that we see such limited science ranges being produced, which is hopefully something that will change soon. But yeah, that's pretty much really one of the reasons I started this account. I really wanted to foster a community where equestrians were told that they can love their bodies and be good partners for their horses, and that those two things weren't mutually exclusive. I love that. (laughs) What kind of advice do you have for people who may have a passion for horses but aren't sure because they don't necessarily see how they fit in, see people who like they are in the sport? Yeah, so my advice would be to remember that riding is for everyone, including you. We get to decide where we begin our equestrian journeys. So take your time to find the barn and trainer that feels inclusive and safe to you. Really, everybody is welcome in this sport. And I always like to say that everybody is a breeches body. (laughs) (laughs) So I have kind of like a more personal question. I had a trainer one time tell me that I would be more successful if I lost 20 pounds. I think he was, you know... I don't think he was trying to be rude about it, but do you think it's fair for a trainer to ask a student to lose weight? You know, and that could be coming from a kind place, but quite simply, I don't think that the conversation of body weight is a topic to be discussed between a student and a trainer, but more to be discussed with the person's doctor or dietitian. It's not really a trainer's place to have that discussion. You know, there are a lot more factors that go into body weight than just, you know, overeating as we typically stigmatize it as and more often than not these body weight conversations held between trainers and students are more body shaming than they are productive yeah is that what you were finding too yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) I feel like it boils down to the fact that there's this idea that body weight corresponds to physical fitness and that really isn't true you know you can be physically fit and fat at the same time and you can be really thin and out of shape that's a good point interesting dichotomy there well leah it was super fabulous to have you on the show and again if you want to follow what leah is doing on instagram you can find her account by going to big booty breaches thank you again thank you thanks so much take care guys If you love the Soap for Dirty Equestrians line, then you're really going to love the newest product from Heels Down Mag. We now sell lip balm, and it is awesome. It feels wonderful on your lips. They're all natural, vegan, and cruelty-free products. The scents are amazing, and they have the same snarky, silly, fun names and comments on them, just like you love the soap from Dirty Equestrians. You can find all of our line of lip balm by going to shop.heelsdownmag.com. And if I had to give you one suggestion of my favorite lip balm that we have, it's definitely unicorn smooches. So give it oh a try. Oh my gosh. 
No way. All right. So our next guest, I am super, super excited to tell you about Caitlin Woodburn. She is the owner and founder of Street and Saddle, and she is a proud and passionate horse girl, just like the rest of us. And if you're not familiar with Street and Saddle, it's an equestrian clothing retailer based in Vancouver. And Caitlin takes her fashion design experience and combines it with her love for horses to bring together this really carefully curated lighthearted take on different eras of riding apparel and i'm just always constantly amazed by all of the new styles she comes up with so hi caitlin it's so great to talk to you thank you so much for having me and also spoiler alert caitlin used to work for us at heels down mag so it's really great to have her back you might recognize her name from some of the articles she's written for us in the past so yes it is definitely (laughs) amazing to be back (laughs) (laughs) So, Kaylin, my first question for you, I want to talk about Street and Saddle. You know, you're one of the only equestrian brands that I know of that I can think of off the top of my head that offers a really wide range of models on your website. Like, it's very clear that you go out of your way to to incorporate all different types of people in different bodies. Why are you committed to this? Well, I think it's, as a designer, it's kind of a culmination of all the conversations I've had with friends and family and also customers. I feel really lucky to be trusted with so many people's stories about their body image and their struggle to find clothing that fits. But it's quite, it's honestly quite harrowing, like how serious and pervasive negative body image has and how kind of casual it is as well. Like from my experience, I would almost say that it's more common for women to have a negative body image than a positive body image. And I think it kind of like it comes by rightly where, you know, the average size, an American woman is a size 16 to 18. But that same woman, most clothing stores she'd walk into, there wouldn't even be any clothing in her size. So it's kind of very exclusionary and it's really unfair on women that um, that there's kind of clothing is made mostly for sizes kind of double zero to 10. And then any sizes above that are kind of largely ignored or clothing isn't designed very well for those sizes. And it just never really made sense to me because that that's actually kind of a more average. I mean, we say plus size, but plus size is kind of average size. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, we definitely see that, too, with uh, among a lot of our readers and listeners, the frustration of just vastly different sizing, specifically in riding clothes, depending on the brand, especially. It seems like it's like an endless struggle for them for to find like breeches that fit right. Do you have any insight you could share? Yeah, well, I think especially now with uh, with so much online shopping is. I would say it's it's definitely a very common struggle for sure. And if you are having trouble finding breaches that fit, definitely take advantage of a brand's customer service. Like you have every right to kind of email them and say like, these are my measurements. I don't know what size I am. You know, I don't see my body type on your, you know, on your website or on your social media. So it's hard for me to know what's going to fit. And you should really have someone who who can like walk you through that and measurements and different fits of different styles. And I would say too, like social media is great for following like on Instagram riders who are a similar 
size and body type to you and just kind of asking like love your breeches where did you get them do you mind if I ask you about the sizes oftentimes that's a really good uh way to get information Ooh, I like that tip yeah and what kind of advice do you have for riders who may not maybe fit the mold and look like the girls they often see in catalogs but are still passionate about their horses I would definitely say, like, on behalf of, if we're talking about clothing, on behalf of the fashion industry, I'm really sorry. It's not it's not you or your body. It's brands not putting the work in to represent you and to make clothing for you. You know, you have every right to kind of feel excluded and angry. I will say that change is definitely coming. I think this is an issue that a lot of brands are paying much more attention to now, but um, the change is just happening kind of very, it's long overdue and it's very slow. Well, Caitlin, so I know you went to, you went to school to study fashion design. So can you tell me you have a, a, a very mainstream like fashion experience and can you just tell me how from the back end, you know, as a designer behind the scenes, how that works, you bring up a really good point. You know, I'm someone who's like, on the verge of like, I can kind of, I can fit at the high end of the, of the standard sizes you see more commonly, you know, on like, if I go online and I'm looking for breeches, I can usually find my size, but sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm like just over the tipping point, And that can be frustrating sometimes just to, cause I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to buy something that fits. Do you have any insight on just how, you know, why they create that sizing guide? What, you know, what just, what goes into the thinking? Is it all just come down to sales essentially or? Yeah, well, from a design perspective, usually brands have what they call a fit model, who's generally it's a person who's a size, they're usually a size around zero to four. So they kind of come up with the design, they make like the the pattern or the blueprint for it. They make up a sample for this person to try on and then they kind of work from there kind of for changes they do but the problem is because they're using someone from kind of the bottom of the size range oftentimes as you as you change the sizes as you go up the sizes you need to be making adjustments for different proportions you know humans don't uniformly kind of get bigger and smaller you need to make more samples try them on more sizes to kind of get the fit right and I think for a lot of brands from what I've seen it's just easier for them to just do size zero to 10 or 12 and then just kind of leave it at that because it's viewed as kind of too complicated to you know just fit to different body types above that and so it's kind of it it does really suck and it's so it's I would say it's kind of laziness and not putting the work in and it kind of leads to this vicious cycle of women who are above a size 12 being really disenfranchised with just shopping because oftentimes you know if their sizes are there they're kind of not they're not well kind of designed and proportioned for them and then the fashion industry sort of turns around and goes well you know plus size women don't like to shop as much they don't spend as much money and it's like well of course they don't because the clothing's not you know well made and well marketed for them and their body type isn't represented oh that's a good point that's really interesting though I never would have guessed that mm-hmm. yeah well, Caitlin thank you so much for joining us it was great to have you on the show yeah thank you so much 
All right. And where can, if any of our listeners want to go to Street and Saddle, can you tell us the website? Yes, it is www.streetandsaddle.com. All right. It's time for Rose and Thorne. Who wants to go first? That many people. <laughs> that many. Right. I'll go first. I'll go first if you want. Yeah, so I need my, a minute. My thorn is that I just realized I've been wearing this shirt all day inside out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just realized it during our interview with Caitlin. I'm like, wait a minute. The shirt is inside out. All day, guys. Literally all day. <laughs> so that is that is the point where we are at <laughs> in this year that I just, it doesn't matter. Right. It's like over it. Yeah. So that's my thorn, I guess. And my rose. <sighs> my rose is that my brother is getting married next month and I'm very wow. happy for him. But it's a complicated rose because it mean, like they're having a wedding, you know, and it's usually that's what happens. Right. But it, you know, <laughs> In coronavirus times, it, it's a little weird, you know. So I just, I, you know, I want, I want my brother to have the full experience, and I feel bad. But they, you know, they really want to get married, and I'm really happy for them, and it's going to be beautiful no, no matter what. But you know, there's just extra complications because they're having it during a pandemic, you know. But it's outside, and it's it's going to be beautiful, and I'm happy for them. And so. honestly, a lot of people are wanting to like keep their dates, so it's like making it small and. Right, I don't exactly. Know. I'm a little bit like for the small weddings and the big parties. I mean, that is what we did, but like, I think that a lot of people like that. So they like the, your really close friends and your really close family that want to be there for the celebration or so the ceremony and everything get to celebrate with you. So I think that's I think true. it's good though. It's a different type of special, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. So I'm happy for him. His fiance is adorable, so they're just so cute together. So I'm looking Perfect. forward to that. All right, who wants to go next? I can, I can go. go next. Oh, no, now everybody's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so my roses, I get to go to a show again this week. We've been busy, busy showing. Um, now it's been a little different with COVID and everything else, but it's still really good. So we're going to another show, but it's local. And a bunch of my friends just got in town and stuff. So I get to show and Yay. do all that and hang out. Yeah, so like it's fun because... I know you can't really hang out with your friends and stuff, but they can come to dinner and we've been like sitting outside. It's beautiful weather. So like we can sit outside and like kind of hang out and do the social distance thing, but could just still see everybody, which is nice. So I'm really, really excited that a couple of my friends are in town and I get to see them that I haven't seen in a bit. So I'm really excited about that. So that's definitely my rose and my thorn is good and bad good is we're getting close to moving to North Carolina and I think we finally have like a contract on the place here in Aiken so it's going to be sold hopefully like it's got a contract but that means we are moving and so that is my thorn is we have to move which is a great thorn but just my thorn is the actual packing part of oh yeah it's a nightmare. You know, like it's it's a lot. So I probably should have been doing it from like COVID on, but I've just been procrastinating really badly. And I'm like, it won't be long. And I'm pretty sure it won't take us long because it's gonna be like 48 hours of like horribleness. But 
I'm still excited that we're moving, but the thought of moving kind of is punishing. I hear ya. Ugh. Not bad, though. What about you, Ellie? My thorn is I'm still not married. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> TikTok, Matthew. You're listening to this? No. So my thorn is that Matt had a like an encounter with somebody who was positive in the office for COVID. And we had to like quarantine ourselves from each other as well as like from work so we could get tested. I'm very thankful that both of us have not caught the virus and that we were safe, especially with my autoimmune disease. (laughs) But it was just, it was a thorn because it was really weird to like socially distance in your own home, which I give people a lot of credit if they can do that. I also think it was a thorn because I had to sleep with the cats (laughs) and they're trolls. And they're trolls. They are. They are total trolls. They just, like, one of them will just bite my hairline in the middle of the night. And it's scary. Anyway, I do love my cats. (laughs) But my rose is that I have a clinic coming up this weekend. It's Rain Cow Horse Clinic. And I'm taking two of my horses. And I get to go now because I've been cleared (laughs) from the COVID test. So I'm excited about that. And my mom's coming. So it's even better because I will get a groom. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right. So we got a mailbag from Julie who sent us an email and she is looking for a little bit of advice. I'm going to read this to you guys and hopefully you could share some insight for Julie. So she recently had a bad fall off of her trainer's green thoroughbred. She was working and training this horse for the past two years, but before she fell, she was considering buying him, and now she's too afraid to ride him. I guess he bolted, and she was half on him, and now she just doesn't trust him anymore. And she wants to know, is it bad to throw away the bond with him? She's hit the dirt a few times because of this horse, and she just wants advice on, should she try to ride him again and get over that fear, or is it okay to say hey, this isn't the horse for me because I got before she gets seriously injured. Jess, do you have any advice? I think it's kind of hard because, yes, you know, you got a bond with a horse and it's great. And maybe, maybe it is the perfect horse and maybe it was just something random. I think it's very hard to say, okay, yes, give it up. But maybe, maybe it isn't the right horse. So I hate to say there's no right answer. I think it's whatever you feel in your gut, honestly, is the biggest thing. Because if you think it's going to be something that maybe happens again and you're not the rider that can maybe want to deal with that or don't have the time to deal with it or whatever the reason is, maybe it's just something you can move on from, then I would move on. But if it's something that you're like, okay, look, it just happened. We've had horses that, you know, the kid did something dumb, like the horse is a little flighty and she removed the jacket and then the horse bolted and bucked her off. And I'm like, okay, look, that was something that, yes, you're a strong rider. It didn't hurt her confidence. You need to get back on and let's just not remove the jacket as fast and like throw it off of him and spook him. Then that's one to get back on and redo it. But I think it's all rider based. And I hate to say that, but if, it's something that was maybe a freak accident that you can kind of move past and maybe not make the same mistake twice, then I would maybe get on. But if it's something you didn't see coming and nothing happened and you're trying to like 
move on and get the confidence. I hate to say maybe it isn't the right horse. I mean, I, I know I'm like wishy-washy in my statement, but it's so rider horse-based and situation. What do you guys kind of feel? And that's just me as a trainer. So I'm not sure if that's just what I feel. What do you think, Ellie? Yeah, well, so this was a difficult one for me because I had a very similar situation with Berkeley. When I first bought him, like out of the blue, just like bolted and threw me off really bad. Like I ended up breaking like two of my ribs and my tailbone. And it was like super scary for me. I was in high school, but like I was afraid to like canter him more than like a lope for like a long time. And my mom was like, let's just sell him. You know, it's not worth it or whatever. And I was like, maybe that's the right thing to do. But I mean, in the end, I ended up sticking with him. And I mean, like I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better horse. You know, he was young at the time. He was four, just turned four and he was only under saddle like nine months. And he just wasn't, you know, his brain wasn't completely in his body yet. And I mean, that's still his MO, but I know now to expect him to bolt in situations that might, you know, cause that kind of thing. But at the same time, I think safety is a huge thing. Um, You know, so I wouldn't be afraid to talk to, you know, your trainer about your concerns with him and just about your, you know, your safety concerns, because, you know, it's clear that you have a bond with this horse and you love this horse, but I mean, safety should be a huge thing. I'm with you. I mean, the older I get, the more important safety is right. You know, when, yeah. And so that's what that, that's what this makes me think of is as an adult amateur in my thirties, um, the last thing I want to be is overhorsed. You know, I do not need something powerful or that has the talent to go jump, you know, a, a meter 45. Cause I'm never going to do that. So, and I, I, I'm not going to lie. I have a lot of friends and I know a lot of amateurs who go the off track route and buy horses that are just too much horse for them. Um, and, and they realize that eventually, you know, um, either sooner rather than later. And I, and that's, I own an off track horse and I love him. So I, you know, I, I think it depends on where you are in your riding career and what you want out of your, out of this horse. What do you want to do with it? And then, make that decision because when I was younger, when I was like 19, I would ride a horse like you're describing Julie all day long. And the fact that he threw me off would just like embolden me more to, to ride him, you know? Um, but now that I'm going to be 33, nah, I don't want to fall off. You know, I don't want to. So I just, I think it really depends on you and what you want out of your relationship with this horse and I feel like you need to be really honest with your trainer about it because your trainer can't help you make the right decision for you if you're not honest. So, I mean, that's just my two cents. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I think the biggest thing is just to have a conversation, you know, and talk to lots of people, get lots of opinions. Exactly. And you know in your gut, you know in your gut, like, are you afraid now just because, you know, the fall is still fresh in your mind or are you, you going to still be afraid six months from now? I think you got to know yourself, too. Because it's not fun if you're getting on a horse that you're afraid of every time you ride either. Right. Yeah. It takes the whole point of riding out. Exactly. So if you have a question that you want us to discuss on the show, you can always post it in our Facebook group, which is the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. Or you can send us an email 
by going to hello at heelsdownmedia.com. And if you want to hear more from us, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Brief. That's our daily email newsletter. You can do that by going to bit.ly slash hdbrief. And we want to say thank you to all of our partners this week, Eco Gold and Groom Tote. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.